Merry Christmas to everybody. I uh, appreciate the worship team and all they do. Amen. Oh, I had a little march up music there. Sorry, I didn't let that happen. Um, I, if you all know me, uh, you know that uh, winter time is not my favorite time of the year. I, I do love Christmas time, but winter and me, we don't get along that well, generally speaking. I like the winters we had in North Carolina. It would snow a little bit, just enough so you felt like it was winter, and then it would be 60 in the afternoon. That's, that was my kind of winter back in the day. And, and believe me, I love the seasons. I like uh, the briskness of fall. There's nothing like being able to wear shorts and a sweatshirt and uh, watch some football. That is a great time. And I love the anticipation of spring, uh, the flowers, and the preparation for summer. But, and of course, I love Christmas time, but I really, really love the summer. I'm a summer guy, warmth, swimming, yard work, cookouts, softball, as long as we're playing well. I just enjoy summer. And I really must agree with the snowman from the movie Frozen and with a nod to our kids today, Olaf, when he says, when life gets rough, I like to hold on to my dream of relaxing in the summer sun, just letting off steam. Oh, the sky will be blue, and you guys will be there too, when I finally do what frozen things do in summer. And I don't know about you guys, but I'm just ready for frozen things to be over, and uh, I'm not unhappy at all with the 60-degree weather on Christmas Day. Some of you are like bemoaning this. Uh, I'm not unhappy uh, at all about that. Now, how many of you have heard the term winter solstice? You've heard that term? That is the, uh, the, the shortest day of the year. It is when the earth is, of course, tilted on its axis at this time of year, the northern hemisphere is turned away from the sun. And so we have less sunshine at this time of year than at any other time. And especially this year on December 21st, it was the first day of winter. It was the shortest day that we have had. And in fact, sunrise that morning was 7.55 a.m. and sunset at night was 5.18. If you're doing the calculation, that is nine hours and 23 minutes of sunshine. And there's just something not okay about that, all right? Nine hours. In other words, if you ate a late breakfast, you'd still be in the dark. And if you ate an early supper, you'd still be in the dark. And you only ate one meal during that day that is in the sunshine. Now, here's the good news. From that day on until the first day of summer, which happens to be my birthday, we move toward the longest day of the year and more sunshine than any other time. And I don't know, but I think that maybe the Israelites, about 700 years before Christ came into this earth, they must have felt like this is a forever winter solstice. They, they were in darkness. In fact, the Israelites uh, in the land of Judah were overtaken by a king in Assyria. And even though God said, I'm going to take care of you, the king of Judah, whose name was Ahaz, said, I don't really want to trust that. I would rather trust my own alliance. And so he made a political alliance with the king of Assyria. Well, it didn't go well for them. And it led to a very dark time in the life of the Israelites. And in the middle of that darkness and that challenge and that hardship of that political struggle, God sent a prophet named Isaiah. In Isaiah chapter 9 verse 2 reads, the people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of the shadow of death, a light has dawned. 
God is saying to the Israelites, listen, I know it seems dark now, but light is coming. And 700 years later, Jesus the Messiah was born. He was and is the light of the world, and he is the greatest gift ever given. Now, lights are a symbol of hope for all of us. A person lost in a dark storm uh, is very thankful if they're on a ship and they suddenly see that beacon, that light that is coming from, uh, from the shore. Or maybe if you were in an aircraft and you were in the clouds at nighttime and finally you break through that layer of clouds and you see the lights of the city below and you begin to have hope again. If you've ever been in those situations, you know what it means to be in a dark room or a dark airplane or a dark place. And suddenly, you're not sure how to handle that, but you're so thankful when light has come. And guys, I don't know if you know this, but it sure feels like we live in a pretty dark world right now, whether it be the darkness of sickness or the darkness of struggle or the darkness of sin or some type of spiritual darkness. But in the middle of all of that, God reminds us of the words of Isaiah that in that dark time, a light has come. And what I want to do for just a few minutes tonight is just talk to you about the light, the light of Christ. One thing that light does is it attracts attention. If a spotlight was turned on and everything else in the room was dark, you would focus your eyes directly on whatever is the subject of that spotlight. And Jesus Christ, when he was born into the world, you would think, there's nothing amazing about this. There's nothing uh, to see here, really. It was really Jesus was born to peasant parents. Who was going to notice? He was born away from home. There weren't any grandparents there to dote over him. He was born in Bethlehem, an insignificant Judean village. He was born at night where everybody was asleep. He was born 1,450 years before the invention of the printing press, 1,900 years before the invention of the radio, 2,000 years before email and 2,012 years before the invention of the gender reveal party. And I don't know however this message got out. But God, in the middle of this, made sure that he shone light onto the truth. And on a Judean hillside that night, an angel of the Lord came to a group of rustic shepherds to say something great is happening. A Savior has been born to you. And then one light of that angel was not enough And the Bible says that suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel and praised God. And so the whole sky was illuminated with this heavenly choir that literally sang glory to God in the highest and on earth peace to men on whom his favor rests. And when they saw him, when they went to see the child, they then left and they told everybody about it because then now that they had seen the light, they now radiated that light. The light began to shine, not just in their world, but through them. And all through Jesus' life, he just continued to bring light to dark places. I mean, if you think about how he impacted people, how the crowds came around him, everywhere he went, he was light, he was goodness, he was love, and people were so drawn to that, even to the point of his death. Uh, The Bible said, Jesus said about himself, if I be lifted up, I will draw all men unto myself. He's talking about the cross, and he's saying even in that moment, the moment of death, the moment of crucifixion, that the world would be changed in that moment, and light would come into the darkness. So Jesus says, listen, not only am I the light of the world, but you are now the light of the world. You reflect my light. So guys, when you are interacting with people this year, 
you're out in the streets, you're out at the mall, you're driving somewhere, remember that you are a visible representation of the light of Christ to this world. How we talk, how we interact, how we love people, how we share the message of Christ, how we represent ourselves to our family, everything matters because we want to reflect the light because light gets attention. The second thing is that light directs us to our destination. A beacon will guide home an airplane in foggy conditions. A lighthouse will steer a ship. Or if you are on the highway in fog, you'll see those little reflective lights that are reflecting your light off your car. Then finally you go, okay, I'm safe. Let's just keep on steady, on a steady course. And Jesus came as a light to guide us. He was born in Bethlehem. And when he was, there was a spectacular light that the Lord brought to the home where the Messiah was. It appeared in the east. It attracted some magi, and, and it told them of a special king that was to be born. And that star guided them. And Matthew chapter 2, verse 9, says, They went on their way, and the star that they had seen in the east was ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. And when they saw the star, they were overjoyed, and they found the Christ child, and they worshipped him. Jesus came to give direction. Just as that star gave direction to the wise men, Christ gives direction to us. And I love this verse in Luke chapter 1, where it says that Zechariah, the father of John the Baptist, prophesied, the Messiah will be like the rising sun to shine on those living in darkness and in the shadow of death to guide our feet into the path of peace. I love that idea that Jesus is like the rising sun who, who shines light like in the morning to all of us. And then he says that it is like the light coming into the shadow and it will guide our path. And so those of you today who are looking for some direction in your life, maybe you're not sure how to navigate through some touchy situation. Maybe it's relational, more. maybe it's financial, maybe it's a career, maybe it's some issue with your child. Work on just saying, God, light my path. Read the word of God. Allow the Holy Spirit to direct and guide you. Maybe you don't have all the answers, but, but do what Proverbs says. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will direct your path. The Bible says it is like a lamp into our feet, a light into our path. He will illuminate those decisions as you make them, and God will bring more and more light to your life to say, that's where I need to go. John chapter 8, verse 12, Jesus said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Lights lead us to our destination. And here's the last thing. Lights dispel the darkness. Light is always more powerful than darkness. And Jesus Christ came into a very dark world. And I just had this vision that tonight we would shut everything down until I realized that these Christmas trees are on a plug and not on their system back there. I thought it would be a little awkward if I tried to run around and unplug things during my message. And so instead, you can just imagine in your mind's eye, how cool is it, you know, to think about something being totally dark. Have you ever been in a totally dark room? Have you ever woken up at nighttime and those of you who are getting older, you, you know that you get up more, you know, in the middle of the night. And, and uh, it's dark. You're trying not to make any noise. You don't want to disturb anybody. Let's not, let's not make any noise at all. And you think you've walked to the bathroom a million times in your house. You think you know the exact path. But when it is dark like that, you're just not sure. And you end up stubbing a toe somewhere and then saying, like yelling and being like, I can't believe I did that. And now you're waking up the whole house and the dog gets disturbed. This is all hypothetical, but it can happen. It can happen, really. 
But when you're in the darkness, things become intimidating. Things become scary. As a child, they are really scary in the dark. But when Jesus was born, the world was pretty dark. There was a king named Herod who led, and he was very jealous of this new king of the Jews, Jesus. He was so jealous, he tried to get the Magi to give him the place where the baby was going to be born and, and uh, where he was going to be raised. He was so jealous, he had an edict that all of the babies that were two years and younger should be killed. And they were, and it was a very dark day. And then an angel of the Lord came to Joseph and said, Joseph, take your child and go to a different area away from here, and I will show you where. And, and, and then you will know how to keep that baby safe. And even though Herod was filled with darkness, the light of Christ still shone. And eventually, Herod died. And darkness still continues. But Christ, the light of the world, would shine in the darkness. And I really believe, guys, that, that Jesus came to light the world in a way where he shed light on the darkness of really our spiritual condition. I mean, all of us have sin, and the Bible says that we're falling short of God's glory. And, and Christ came and shone light on that. He also comes to shine light on some challenging things in our day. He's shown light on hatred for other people. And in fact, a lot in the area of racial hatred. And Jesus was really good about saying that while other people didn't want to have anything to do with the Samaritans, he built bridges to them. And he sat down with a Samaritan at the well and he talked to a Samaritan woman and he stayed in a Samaritan village for several days because light is more powerful than darkness. He came to shed light on the darkness of, in his day, demon possession and physical illness and, and he even shed light on the darkness of death. And if you've been in that moment with a family member, you know that can be a really challenging moment. And I have walked with hundreds of people in that moment as they have gone from this life to the next, and it makes a huge difference if they have the faith and the light of Jesus in their life. There's just something different about how they die, about how they embrace that moment. They remember that Jesus said, I'm the resurrection and the life. He that believes in me, though he dies, yet shall he live. We are drawn to the light of Christ. Anybody ever have a bird that got into your house and you didn't know how to get it out? And it's pretty scary, it's pretty intimidating. You don't want the bird to have droppings all over your house or anything. You're like, oh, this is going to be bad. How do you get that? Especially if you have high ceilings. How are you going to get that bird out? And you chase it with a, you know, a broom. You have a strange uncle that happens to be over for Christmas and they bring their shotgun out. They're like, I'll take care of this. You're like, no, 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 I like my ceiling. Don't, don't start shooting stuff, okay? Some people are like, well, put out poison. no. We're not going to harm the bird. We're going to release the bird. We're going to free the bird. And how to do it? It's very simple. Turn all the lights off in the house when it gets to be dark and turn your front porch light on and watch that bird just simply move toward the light. Friends, listen, we are trapped in the darkness of sin. But Christ came as the mighty God to illuminate the way to salvation. If you don't come to him, um, then you realize that there's darkness, not just for now, but for eternity. But when you come to him, you realize that God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever would believe in him will not perish, but will have everlasting life. And today, I challenge you to follow your God-given instinct. Choose to come to the light. And if you do, 
then the promise of Colossians 1 is true for you, that he will rescue you from the dominion of darkness and bring you into the kingdom of the Son that he loves, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. And today, in just a minute, we're going to have candles lit throughout the room, and that is going to represent, in the darkness of the room, the power of light and the power of what Jesus has brought to us. And we will sing together Silent Night, and we'll worship God in that time. And as the ushers will bring their light, just dip your candle over into theirs. And then after that song, we'll extinguish our candles. Let's pray together. God, we thank you so much for this time in the life of our church and life of our world. But God, we look around, we do see what seems to be growing darkness. We see what seems to be challenges around us. And God, those are intimidating sometimes, and those are scary sometimes. But God, remind us that even though the darkness seems to be consuming, the light of Christ can shine on the backdrop of that even brighter. And so, God, I pray that not only would we receive the light of Christ in our life, but also, God, that we would reflect that light in all of our relationships, that people would see that there's something different about us, that there's some light that reflects in our life. And it's not just because we're good, and it's not just because we like people, and it's not just because we root for a certain team or we live in a certain area. No, God, it's because you, the light of the world, shine through us. And now, because of that, you have said that you, we, are the, the light of the world. We are like a city on the hill that shines in the darkness. We are like a lamp that is, while some people want to keep it under a bowl, we want to expose it to the world. We want to tell people about what God has done for us and that he can make a difference and they can walk with you in storms and that he can lead your path when you're uncertain. And so God, thank you for the light of Christ in our life. And now God, in a visible way, we simply want to show um, this room and our kids and in return also to you the difference that you've made in our life by being the light in our lives. And we thank you for this in Jesus' name.